Hi guys, welcome to Who Are We? The podcast where you get to meet the we of We Carry Kevin. I'm your host, Kevin Chandler, and I want to introduce you to some of my friends. Like Eric Wood, whom I've known for eight or nine years. Eric gets me up every Monday morning before going into work. He's the director of a nonprofit in Fort Wayne, Indiana called NeighborLink. Long story short, they basically found a way to make it easier for you to love your neighbor. How cool is that? So, uh, the other day, we did get to mow a lawn together, and... With you in the backpack. With me in the backpack. Though we're, we're shooting for a remote control. Right. <laughs> a remote control mower, not a remote control backpack. Yeah. To be, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, either one's fine, but. Right, right, right. Um, but I, I asked you a, a question then, and uh, I wonder if I could ask you that same question again, now that there's not a lawnmower. That I'm trying to hear you over? Right, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we were mowing this lawn, and you, to give some context, you uh, work for an uh, organization called NeighborLink, and um, you guys serve yeah. the community in some really awesome ways that we can get more into um, yeah. as we talk. But I asked you, um, when was the first time, if you could remember, uh, that you served someone and you, you realized something in you kind of clicked where you were like, this is what it's all about? Yeah, I mean, I think my family's set up that way in one sense. Hmm. So I don't think it's like, it's kind of what you said the other day. It's just, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in another sense, when we went down to Georgia my eighth grade year, we were going to build a ramp for a man and he passed away like two weeks before we got there. And so I was tripping like a 14 year old kid would. Like, why are we doing it? She's going to be grieving. Mm. This isn't going to be fun. And uh, the longer we, we got there, no, no ramp was gonna be built. Okay. And uh, yet there's an 83 year old woman waiting at the door for us. Mm. And when we get there, there's trees everywhere in the roof, floorboards in the house, it's just busted. And she greeted us with joy made us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and told us about how Jesus had been faithful. And it was really the first time, maybe the second time, I'd done a trip that testified to the joy in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of hardship, contentment, in the midst of not just loss, but poverty. Mm. And, uh, I was overwhelmed by her joy in such a way that I said, I'll give you everything I got, Lord. Hmm. You can do what you want with me. And so that really at 14 began a journey of knowing that I was called to follow him, not just as a Christian, but ministry. And the older I've got, I realized that ministry really isn't ministry. <laughs> it's just proximity to Jesus. Hmm. So. Can you explain that a bit more? Um, I don't think you're having to do ministry when you're hanging out with him. Ministry just flows. Yeah. Uh, like fruit flows from an apple tree. I think that 
ministry, if we want to call it ministry, his life flows out of our life when we're abiding, mm. when we're close to him. And so the weariness of travel often is, uh, we become more weary the farther we're from him. Mm. And so the closer I am to him, it seems like the more great opportunity there is to produce the life that he had and has inside of me mm-hmm. by being close to him and others. Yeah. Um, so It's harder to think with a man on your back. It is, and, and trekking downhill. And breathing wait, harder. Wait till we go Dang, back up the hill. Cardio, freaking cardio. <laughs> we, we need to get Don't you Don't lift a heavy bike. weights, go yeah. on a run. <laughs> Well, so, so this, this podcast that we're doing um, is kind of centered around the idea of, of friendship and um, what your idea of, of friendship is, your understanding of it. And, and so uh, in your, your walk with, uh, with Jesus, your experience with him um, over the years, as well as, like you said, when you're in that proximity um, you know, ministry happens naturally because there's life to be lived and, and there's dynamics there um, yeah. of loving and serving one another. And um, and so you've, you've traveled a lot of the world. You have a family, you're married with kids, and um, one of your kids is adopted as well. And um, you've played music, you've pastored churches, you've led Bible studies and now you're you're working for NeighborLink and we're actually in one of you guys' like main neighborhoods, right? Yeah. Like literally your backyard of your of your building here headquarters. Um and and so with all of those experiences, how how have these things, your walk with the Lord and these interactions with the world, um, how have they kind of shaped and informed um, your understanding what what friendship looks like and what it's all about or what it's supposed to be all about hmm. that's a big question that's a long big one <laughs> that's like uh after a ufc fight and the guy speaks in another language for an interpreter <laughs> so he speaks for like 30 minutes and the interpreter has to respond with some semblance of what was just said <laughs> that's, sure. what that's what I feel like just happened. But nonetheless, how y'all doing? You doing good? Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. You don't gotta run. You're all good. What's up, guys? Is that a baby? Is that a baby shark outfit? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Have a good day. So friendship, man, I, well, I say one level, um, not a really great friend all the time. I think I've learned that the older I get. Um, I think part of that is expectations, having the same, uh, almost like an unsaid agreement of what friendship looks like. And I feel like oftentimes we all have different understandings, interpretations, and expectations of what that's gonna look like. So I fail them or they fail me, Mm. or both. 
at the same time. Um, when and, those, I was a and those dynamics can fluctuate too. Absolutely, what yeah. we need in different seasons. Yeah. What they need in different seasons. Um, but what I'd say is like, when I was a little kid, my mom told me this at 18. Um, when we were on the playground and there was a kid that didn't fit in, I'd go find him and bring him to my crew, get him to be a part of our crew, and then I'd leave the crew to find somebody else. Mm. And I did that like in elementary school. And so, being a friend of mine sometimes is gonna feel like that. Um, like, I came in, I built a friendship, introduced that person to my friends, yeah. And then went to go find people that don't have friends. Right. Like, you're taken care of. I'm going to go back out there. You don't need me anymore. Right. And so that's one aspect that is unspoken and needs to be clearly communicated mm. so that there's not a drop of the friendship. Mm. So I've learned that now in 42 years because I fail at that. Um, fail so I start at that. Communicating? Yeah, fail at communicating expectations and the reality that my head's always on a swivel mm. for the outcast. And I don't do that because I was taught that. I do that because it's innately inside of me and realizing that that's okay. It's like one time somebody rebuked me for crying too much when I taught the word. And I was like, snap, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and then I saw my dad when we talked about people and how he wept over his kids and my, my mom and oh, my family. Spring. Yeah, you're good. Thank you. <laughs> and how my dad wept over people. And I was like, man, this is just a natural gift for my dad. That's how I'm made. I'm gonna be emotional about people. Mm. So, so some of that's just innate, but friendship. It's the kind that matters. One man says that it's like, it's uh, both valves on. It's the idea of one anothering. Mm. And many people have one valve or the other on or off. Mm -hmm. So they like to give, but they don't like to receive. They like to receive, but they don't like to give. And when both are on, you have one anothering mm. or real friendship. So that's rare because I think Sometimes in good friendship, it doesn't look like both valves are on, but one of the, one of the people actually just needs you to give yeah. or they just need to receive. And that's okay. But as far as what real long haul, beautiful relationship looks like, it looks like having both valves on, giving, receiving to one another and um, doing that for the long haul. Well, that, that's more sustainable, right? 100%. Because you're getting filled up to then pour back out. And if you're doing that for one another, building each other up. Yeah, and I think some people love to give, but they don't love to receive. So, mm. they, man, they give everything to you. Yeah. But then you reciprocate and it doesn't work. Mm. Or some people really love to receive, like, man, they love affection or someone who listens or carries their sorrows or their burdens, but doesn't see you in your pain. 
And so, um, so that's where, man, I like, as I huff a little bit, <laughs> this is real talk, people. This is real talk. This is it. This is not some fake podcast where I'm like, I got a green screen behind me. That dog is real. That dog is real. It's not a robot. Uh, sweat is coming down just the right side of my face. <laughs> if you have right, any, you need to clean your glasses. No, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. A little bit of sprinkle. I got to keep looking down. My, my feet are the most important part today. Um, well, so um, I guess a question that I would have then, uh, as far as the reciprocal caring for one another and friendship, uh, in the richest of friendships, uh, how do you see that in um, either in your relationship with Jesus or uh, how you see it in Scripture? Cigarette, guys. Uh, well, <laughs> how does he exemplify that? Man, the way Jesus hung out with his fellows. Yeah. And with those that hung out with him, um, he had, he exhibited um, his healthy soul by how often he went away with his father. He was patient with their questions, mm. misunderstandings, struggles, fears. Um, he met them in hardship, but showed them how to walk through hardship. Um, he lived out the perfect relationship that we were supposed to have with the Father and gave that to us. I think uh, the restoration of Peter is super important. Maybe the reaffirming of his love. Maybe we go out in the yard here and go around. Oh, no, street. bro. We're going to go low. Oh, we're going low. We're going low. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, right. how low can we go? It's not super low. But it's low. How low? Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Are we good? We're good. Like, how good are we right now? We're great. That actually is way more comfortable. Fantastic. That was, like, way more comfortable, actually. Oh, so great. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, man, I think... When he says in John 13, like, as my father's loved me, I've loved you. Mm. As I receive the love of Christ, I'm able to love my brother. Mm. If I'm not, then I, my capacity is low. So, the more I spend time with the lover of my soul, the more I can love my brother's soul. Mm -hmm. And I have an overwhelming unending tank to tap into but on my own i have like a short sprint yeah so he is really our filler 100 percent. yeah he, he says he wants our i want you to abide in me you're gonna bear much fruit there mm. he says I, I then i want you to abide in my love and define that showed that by how we love one another mm -hmm. and then he says like i'm doing all this and saying all this so that your joy would be full mm -hmm. and just that <laughs> He actually wants us to, to be full. And uh, he showed us, you know, not to be cliche, but a more excellent way mm -hmm. that we don't experience often. I would say that you and I experience um, naturally because of our, our relationship. Mm. So we get to, to play the dance of being reciprocal in close proximity. Yeah. Would, would you say that um, in, so when we talk about reciprocal, when we talk about Jesus, um, do you think 
when he was in the garden praying and he just wanted the disciples to stay awake. Do you think that's part of it? It's the friendship? Staying awake? To, to be with him, like, as he prayed and, and waiting up for him. Yeah. Um, is he, was he inviting? <laughs> you like was, that music? I loved it. Okay. Do you want to dance? That is that what you wanted to do right then? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could dance, but we, we could say we danced. <laughs> But, um, Can you just add that to the film that we yeah, danced? Okay. That'd be great. That'd be good. <laughs> we'll just put a caption card. And <laughs> they, there was they danced. <laughs> Fade out. Right. <laughs> um, but do do you think he was inviting them into, to some extent, what he was experiencing? Um, just as he had gone deep with them, was he inviting them into that? You know, I think. So before all of that, really cool statement you just said. So before all of that, he went alone to be with his father by himself. Mm -hmm. Now they had gotten a taste of that because they were like, teach us how to pray, how to be with the father like that. Right. But there in the garden, in his worst moment, heaviest moment, hardest moment, sweating blood moment, said, would you be up with me? Stay up with me. Let me show you what it looks like to be with the father mm. right now in this place at this time before I see you again or you don't see me and then see me again. So I think like three years of very close, very intimate and then an invitation to see what it looked like in the midst of sorrow, question, concern, heaviness, loneliness, the weight of the world. Hey, be near to me right now. I wanna show you something that you haven't seen yet. Mm. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just thinking about how we invite one another into our lives. Um, and and using, thinking of it in context of this example, because um, we, you know, we we are not Jesus, right. and so our our interaction with the Father, our, our um, fellowship with Him, uh, is going to be not quite as perfect of an example. But um, would you say we part of inviting one another into our lives and into our situations, inviting one another into our needs? Is um, Let's take a left here, guys. is giving that ex saying, hey, this is how I'm experiencing this with the Lord, and I want you to come into it to see, to be part of it, and see how I'm doing it, and also help me do it. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think there's this idea that we got it until we don't. Right. And Christianity from the front door says, you don't got it. You need me and you need his church. You need his people. Mm. And so the more we hedge our bets and think that being grown up is taking care of life on our own, mm. the more we fall flat on our face alone. So yeah, man, invitation in the ugly. 
the imperfect, uh, you know, the unpolished. And to walk there deeply. Yeah. And unashamedly. Hmm. That's good. I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm just thinking about walking and breathing. Yeah, yeah. That's really you're, what you're I'm working right. on right now. Yeah, you're you're making total sense. I, I just feel like my only response is yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking a left here, guys. So so in moments like this, where you are carrying a a man on your back and you're trekking for what's probably been like a mile and a half, right? I don't maybe even know. Maybe two miles, maybe 10. It's, um, it's 10 miles. 10 miles. Just tell the world, 10 miles. Yeah, perfect. Up a mountain in Indiana. Yeah, yeah, those <laughs> exist. <laughs> we both, both ways. ways. We're, uh -huh. we're at the city dump. That's the only place you can do that. Right. Um, so in, in this case, um, how, how can we, how can I be encouraging to you? I was going to say, how can we be an encouragement to one another, but you are physically carrying me. You're, you're, uh, Katie and I have talked a lot about how the, the backpack is a tangible invitation um, where in this moment you are saying, I want to walk around this block. The sidewalks are garbage. They're, they're not going to be good for your wheelchair. I want you to come with me, so I'm going to carry you. Right. Like, that's the way we have to do this together. So, uh, it's clear how I am encouraged by you in this scenario. Um, but how how can I be an encouragement to you as you are huffing and puffing back to the NeighborLink office? I think we've talked about it, you know, that your ability to listen, to trust me, the, mm. We know the reality is if I fall, um, even if I just accidentally fall, it costs you so much. Mm. And it ultimately costs me so much. And so I think one element is trust. I think another element is listening and uh, kind of saying back what you hear. Mm. So, so to that, say back what I hear. <laughs> almost every time, except for those moments. But uh, being a yeah, sounding board and a listener and someone who spurs you on mm. and uh, I mean real friendship man like you're listening and correcting and counseling, mm. encouraging, exhorting, edifying, all of it. Mm -hmm. So while you're on my back and I'm carrying you, you're helping carry me thoughts and concerns and wrestlings I have mm. and so we do that back and forth yeah and and by doing this in a way you are also opening yourself up to me I could really um, run away from you at this point you, but, yeah, right so <laughs> but yeah we are we are experiencing vulnerability together 100% and uh, yeah so uh, so to, you know in, in closing I do want to give a chance to talk a bit more directly about NeighborLink as we come back up on the on the office and um, just wondered if, if you want to kind of give us a, the elevator pitch of what you guys do because um, I love what you do and I, I think 
it really lines up as you, you and I have talked about. It lines up with what we carry coming, the heart of what we're doing is. Yeah, I mean, I think we can keep on going, guys. We'll just come to the end here. Um, you know, I think the most basic level is just neighbor to neighbor acts of God's love. But what that is, is the vulnerable, in the midst of embarrassment, invite us into their homes, in the midst of their need. And they say, come over. Would you mow my lawn, take out my trash, bring my groceries in, fix my roof, paint my walls? Would you, would you extend an offer to, you know, the invitation is, would you neighbor? The response is, I would love to. Mm. And so we get invited into homes from all over the city and in several other cities to simply be present, not motivational, not transactional, but hopefully by God's grace, transformational. Mm. And a spigot turns into a conversation. Conversation turns into a prayer. A prayer turns into listening and uh, listening turns into a friendship. Yeah. And so I think that's one level. Um, you know, whether it's sitting on a 34 year old's um, bed while she's passing away from cancer and listening to her and loving her and her family, or it's seeing a great grandmother take care of three great grandkids. And uh, you know, I mean today, man, like just presently, I told you guys earlier, got a friend who told me in 68 years of life she's never sat in a white man's car and she's never been a friend of a white man and that started today at 68 mm-hmm. and so um, another woman told me earlier today that the way to bridge the gap of neighbors and of the city is to listen to learn to lament which leads us to loving and so we do 3,000 we get 3,000 requests a year we do about half of that and we're just inviting anybody and everybody to jump in the gap mm. and start there. And we can pick up hammers, we can mow lawns, we can carry our brother's burdens and mm. see where it goes. I think that uh, there's retirees, there's churches, there's businesses, there's individuals who are doing that. And I don't know of, I think that's the simple stuff. There's so much more we could talk about, sure. but the simple stuff is what we miss. And, you know, I think if God says like, I want you to love me with everything you got, love one another with what I give you, and then love your neighbor as yourself. I think the simple things is what we miss. And NeighborLink gives me the opportunity to relearn the art of neighboring, reimagine neighboring, and then just do it, whether people come or they don't come. And Mm. um, my hope is, is that it it draws lines between neighbors that have never spent time together. Mm. And um, that that would, transform a city to have a little bit more of a reflection of the kingdom to come and the will that he he has to do here so we have a great team we have a great people we we love our city and um the pitch is simply neighboring because jesus neighbored us first so well and i i just want to encourage you that um you know just like your your mom pointed out to you when you were a kid of uh finding the the fringe and drawing people in and and really destroying anyone in that <laughs> you're like oh you want to serve here come do this you yeah. want to you need help here come here we we can we can help with that and bringing uh bringing people into a circle bringing people into a, a community um is a gift that the lord's given you and 
uh, I'm just really celebrating with you right now in this season that I think you've done a lot of things in your life that have uh, afforded you those opportunities, but now it's actually getting to be front and center of what you do. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited for you, man. So thanks for letting me be a part of it too. You too, man. It's yeah. always a privilege. Yeah. It's always an honor. Awesome. This is the fun stuff. This is the easy stuff, you know? Yeah, man. This podcast is a production of We Carry Kevin, a nonprofit. We believe in the inherent value of all people, and we want to help those with disabilities achieve more freedom, access, and joy in life. We believe redefining accessibility is a cooperative effort, something we can achieve when we work together. Recorded and edited by Luke Thompson, Zach McCurdy, and Nick Sheesby. Music by Tom Troyer. For a video version of this podcast, check out the Disability Media Network at dimenetworktv.com d-i-m-e networktv.com for more information visit wecarrykevin.org thank you so much for listening